for me. I was always putting myself last and, and that had its implications on just my mental health and my physical health. And when you start to really think about yourself and put yourself, you know, first, and that's not, it sounds dirty, even me saying it, I'm like, that sounds so bad to say, but it's not um, because the healthier you are, the happier you are, the better parent and spouse and boss and worker and everything else you are. Um, and it doesn't have to be all consuming. It doesn't have to be, a, a, you know, a hundred hours a week. I'm just focused on me. It's, you know, two hours a week, three hours a week. Um, just take some time for yourself. If that's reading a book or, you know, pottery, painting, writing, running, you know, pick what is fulfilling to you and, and do it. This is Women Killing It. Each week, women who are killing it in their careers share their stories and advice for making it in today's working world. Your host is Sally Hubbard. Today's guest is Christy Wallace. She's the president of Elevate Network and also the host of the Elevate podcast. Christy, you are killing it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> Thanks for joining me. I'm so I'm so excited to talk to you today. I've talked about the Elevate Network on this podcast quite a bit, but for those who are listening who don't know, could you tell us what Elevate is and, and what your role is at Elevate? Sure. Elevate Network is a global professional women's network. We are committed to closing the gender achievement gap in business by providing a community to lean on and learn from. So what that means is if you want to get on a board, if you want to get a raise, get into senior leadership, start your own company, raise money, invest in a company, all of these gaps that currently exist for women in business, we believe that the women that you know that are supporting you and connecting you to opportunities as well as the education that they provide will help to, to close these gaps and for us to take control of our careers. At Elevate, I am the president of the network. So I oversee um, the internal staff as well as our, our global chapters and chapter teams in helping to deliver on the Elevate mission. I also work with our partners, host the Elevate podcast, you know, just overall champion for, for what we're doing. How long have you been at Elevate Network now? I have been here for three years, uh, although I had been a member of Elevate Network prior to joining the team. Uh, formerly, Elevate was called 85 Broad. Some of your listeners may know that. Um, we started almost 20 years ago as an external women's network for alumni of Goldman Sachs. A woman by the name of Janet Hansen had started the company. And then I came in um, about three years ago and helped to rebrand the company, launched our new website, and uh, continued to build out our tools and benefits to deliver an impact. And uh, you've been doing the podcast as well. I know you're probably enjoying it as much as I'm enjoying this podcast, just getting to talk to all kinds of amazing women who are doing incredible things. Are there any lessons that you've learned from hosting the podcast that kind of really impacted you or that stand out from all the kind of advice and wisdom you've heard from the women you've been speaking to? Yes. Uh, and I love that question. There, there's a lot um, that I've, I've heard uh, some great insights and advice. I would say I'm going to, I'm going to four come to, to mind. Uh, it's okay to fail. So, so many of the women who we've had on the podcast who are just inspirational and successful have all failed and that's okay. And they've learned from those failures and it's made them stronger and in many cases helped to propel them forward. 
it's okay to ask for help. Um, so particularly when you're starting a company or when you're leading businesses, uh, knowing what you don't know and, and asking for help uh, from others who can, you know, if it's financials and accounting, if it's marketing, but just always, um, you know, look outside of you, your, you know, yourself, but for that expertise. Uh, networking is key. Um, so many women have talked about the power of the network and how much uh, the their network has helped to, to connect them to opportunities to support them. Uh, and then the fourth thing um, that's really kind of relevant for me today, and I know for you as well, Sally, because we've talked about this, is um, your career does not end at 40. And there's you're just hitting your stride. And so I, I think for me personally, in my own personal journey, I've, uh, I've sort of been thinking a lot about an upcoming birthday and, and my career and what does that mean in my life. And uh, from so many unbelievable women that I've been talking to, it's, you know, just thinking about everything we have yet to accomplish and will accomplish. Uh, so keep going and be inspired and keep working. So many of those lessons align with what I've been learning on this podcast. And in fact, uh, three of them are actually steps of my seven steps to killing it action plan that I created as a way of trying to take what I've learned from the women on this show and put it into actionable steps that people can take. So we're hearing the same things and it's surprising that you can hear these things and it seems kind of obvious like, oh, failure is okay. And yeah, ask for help. But it's it's surprising actually how difficult it is to implement these ideas or how it doesn't actually come naturally to us. You, you know, things that, you know, even another thing that I've heard a lot is like be yourself, right? And that's something that you think, oh, that would be, you know, just kind of natural, intuitive. But so much of the stuff, it sounds obvious, but it really isn't. It's not. And it's something that's easy to say, but then when it's you in that moment, we don't always recognize it. Um, you know, when you're in business and, and you fail at something, say you don't hit a deadline or you don't land a contract or you don't get that funding for your company, it's, it can feel like the end of the world. And, um, you, you know, oftentimes take it very personally and take it very hard. And so someone's saying, it's okay to fail. It's, it's actually a good thing. Um, it's not always what you want to hear in that moment and not the right mindset, but I think in hindsight, when you think back um, at the lessons learned from that, you start to realize that uh, it, it wasn't as tragic as it might have seemed or upsetting. Uh, and it is okay to kind of keep going and learn from that lesson. I think something that's very important is always learning from every experience that we have. Uh, and you may not learn that lesson immediately, but um, over time being reflective and thinking back, you know, what did I accomplish this week or this month or this year? What did I learn from those things? Where are there areas for improvement? What am I super proud of? Uh, how, how can I take that and, you know, help it guide me uh, into the future? So I, I, I tend to do personally, um, Many, many times throughout the course of, of the year, um, you know, days of reflection where I, I want to stop and think a, a self-assessment, you know, what's making me happy, what's not making me happy, and how can I change that? So do you have those days of self-assessment scheduled into your calendar? I mean, 
I feel like that's something that I have just recently re- recently realized how important it is to take that pause and really think about how you're doing things and why you're doing things and assess and evaluate and live with more intention, right? Instead of just being caught up in the whirlwind. But that requires you to stop and pause and take the time to think it through. How do you make sure that you make that time? So I don't schedule it, uh, although I should, but oftentimes it's out of necessity where I just, I just hit a point and, and mentally, emotionally, physically, I feel it. I feel drained or overwhelmed or disengaged. And I know, okay, I just need, you know, a day for myself to really journal, write down kind of what, you know, what my goals are, how I'm going to accomplish those goals, do things to really focus on myself. And for me personally, you know, I have three kids that are all young under the seven and younger. I have a, a full-time job that I love, but it's, it's consuming because I love it so much. I'm thinking about it all the time. And, um, I have, you know, friends and, and I'm also trying to spend some more time on my health and, and working out. And so when there's 24 hours in a day and you're trying to feed everything in, oftentimes it's like an autopilot and you go from day to week to month and you wonder where the time went. And then suddenly I think for me, I I start to just feel like I can't do it anymore. And Mm -hmm. that's when I take, you know, I just listen to myself and take a moment and take that time to kind of reflect and to, you know, get energized and, and my direction and my focus back. And it's interesting I know in my own experience, when I have taken that time or kind of forced myself to time out, stop, think, assess, that actually, as much as I don't want to take the time at that moment, in the end, I save myself a lot of time because I'm working, I'm, I'm channeling my efforts toward the best possible use. You know, I've, I've really like aligned what my intentions are, what my goals are, what I really want, what I really need. And then all of the effort that I'm expending goes in that proper direction compared to just kind of like going willy nilly as my emails come in and responding to them and just being, you know, carried by the wind. But it's certainly hard to make yourself stop when you're feeling like your to-do list is, you know, crushing and you just kind of race from one thing to the next. I know for me, that's been something I've been struggling with and working on. And, and like what, when I find, I actually made myself take a bath the other day uh-huh. uh, on, on a weekend. Um, but still like I took the time, you know, uh, away from the family and took a bath and I had this a great idea for something I wanted to write, you know, while I was, they say that, and I've had guests on the show that have said this too, that like your moments of calm and your moments of kind of turn when you've kind of like turned everything down is when your best inspiration can come to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I walk. Uh, so I live in in Brooklyn. I live. I work in Manhattan. So I I walk about a mile and a quarter to the subway. You know, each way, and um, it's about a fifteen twenty minute walk. And so for me, I spend a lot of time doing that time thinking and kind of processing through some of the challenges um, that maybe I'm facing and, and the solutions. So my team, um, my team often hears me use comments like, Oh, well, I was thinking about this when I was walking to the train today, or when I was getting ready this morning, I had this idea. Um, so I I agree. It's, it's kind of, you know, what the times when you're not consciously focused on it, it, the solutions might come or the, the aha moments. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's all about, it, it is a fast pace. So I, funny story. I had, 
reached out to someone recently to schedule some time to meet. And her response was, well, I'm heads down working on a project through March. So if this is urgent, let me know. Uh, Otherwise, let's reconnect in March. And at the time, I was like, oh, my goodness, who has time to just push everything off, you know, two months? But then I was thinking about it um, probably when I was walking to the train. And I, I was like, wow, that's brilliant that actually, like, I should do that. I need to block off time, you know, make a concerted effort to say, all right, you know, I, I have things I need to get done. There are things that require my full time and my full attention. Um, oftentimes with meetings and other responsibilities, it's nonstop throughout the day. I'm just going to take a week, can start with a week. You can start with two days if that's easier, whatever it is, and just block off that time to really focus on some of these projects that have been weighing heavily on me and get mm-hmm. them done. I think also, um, you know, within our team at Elevate, we've been having discussions around blocking, you know, no internal meetings on Thursdays. So that way every Thursday there's there's no meetings. We focus more on just accomplishing projects. Because um, that's oftentimes what happens is you kind of, you're controlled by meetings and by email and by phone calls. And you often, you know, you come in in the morning and you, you're moving nonstop. And then it's the end of the day and it's like, okay, well, what did I accomplish today? Yes. Um, and we're so reactive and yes. we want to be more proactive So I think it's carving out that time um, and really focus, making that a priority. Quick question, guys. Have you joined my email community? I share all kinds of tips from the amazing women that I interview on how to kill it in your career. My emails are all about us working together to maximize our career results and our happiness. So we're filling the mentoring gap for women and we are lifting each other up. When you sign up today, I'll send you some awesome emails, including my seven step action plan to killing it. To sign up, just text all one word, killing it to 38470. That's 38470. And the word to text with no spaces is killing it. Now back to the show. So your career has been really interesting. Um, You came from the startup world before coming to Elevate. Are there any career highlights that stand out in your mind, either at Elevate or in your past career moments that you're particularly proud of? Well, I think with my career, uh, in hindsight, of course, I see this now, it's is interesting is doing things that you just really love, uh, that you care about, that you're passionate about. And for me, it's more obvious because uh, initially I spent a good bit of time at a company called vault.com, which is uh, the vault career guides. I was one of my first jobs right out of school. So I um, was, you know, that was a topic that I cared a lot about was recruiting and great places to work and diversity And I um, was in a business development function there. I I oversaw all of our North American ad sales and then our global expansion. And um, so I just, I I loved what I did. I cared about the mission. I cared about the product and I cared about our customers. Uh, And then I I was on the founding team of zeal.com, which is in the health and wellness space. And Soon after I'd had my first child was when I um, we started launching this company, and so I was, I was very in tune to health and wellness, relaxation. Um, so, so I cared a lot about what we were doing, and then moving to Elevate um, again, it was you know I've been involved with 
the organization for a long time, but I was really thinking about my professional growth and, you know, my ability to succeed. And so for me personally, um, either consciously or subconsciously, it was aligning myself with, with products, with organizations that aligned with my personal values, with my personal interests, with my personal experiences. And it just kept me so engaged in what I was doing and not just engaged, but uh, as a customer, really thinking through the whole process from, you know, the business and the business profitability and the infrastructure and the strategy through to who is that end customer and how can we have the greatest impact on that end customer. And um, I, I've loved that. I mean, I always am just so energized with what I do every day. And I find myself to be very fortunate in that respect. Yeah, that's very impressive. And actually, from all the women that I've spoken to on this podcast, I would say it's pretty rare that you were at that point straight out of school, right? Like a, the, a very common trend that I've had speaking to women on this show has been that it took them a long time to kind of get off a track that was set either by their parents or societal expectations or their degree or, you know, they were on a set track and they didn't really think it was possible to do what they really enjoyed. And then when they, you know, really connected with what they really enjoyed and decided to go for it, that's when they found their greatest success. But most people were kind of on a different track. And I know I'm on, I'm in that category. Like I went to law school I wanted to be a women's rights lawyer. I realized there was no way I was going to pay off my student loans if I was a women's rights lawyer. <laughs> and I couldn't even get a job doing it anyway. And yet I still went along and did a whole bunch of different legal jobs because it's like I had this degree and I was on that track. And, you know, it took me a long time to really connect with my own inner self and, and, and focus that toward my career. So... I mean, there's, I've had some guests that are like you, but I would say you're the exception. What do you think gave you the kind of confidence or the ability to like tap into yourself and really pursue what just interested you in that way? I don't know when I started my career that, that I was sophisticated enough to understand that oh, this is aligned with what I, my, you know, my values or with what I believe. And I think that 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 recognition came after the fact. Um, I actually got that first job. Um, well, so I, I was an English and sociology major in school, always had the plan to go to law school and wanted to work first. And I actually started out for a short stint in investment banking, realized very quickly that that was not for me, just the corporate structure and, and some of the work. Um, and so it was a friend who connected me to Vault. And I was very hesitant to go there because of the role, which was a sales role. And I felt insecure in that. Um, uh, but I, I, I took the risk and, and I loved it. And I loved what we did and um, was, was incredibly proud to be a part of that. But with in between each of my major career changes, uh, I did take a, a small career break. Um, so after I left Vault, I was on the senior leadership team when we had a successful exit, and then um, was pregnant with my first child and decided, okay, I don't think I can go back to this after I have my child because I was, you know, at the time I was working a lot of hours and, um, you know, really thought, okay, this is a good point for me to take a break. So I traveled the world. I, I did a lot of self-reflection. Um, 
I traveled the world with a little seven-month-old, actually. I just uh, came up my social media feed, a picture of us in New Zealand. And I think that that was really important for me to say, okay, what are the things that I like doing in a, from a functional standpoint? So do I like, you know, working with clients? Do I like marketing? Do I like P&Ls? Um, do I like managing people? What are the things that I wish I was doing that I'm not doing that I want to learn? What is this larger you know, business world, how's it evolving? What are the skills maybe I should gain? What is, where do I want to go in my future? Which I, I oftentimes will, will tell people don't think too far in the future because it, it changes so much and you can get too fixated on what that, you know, future vision of yourself looks like. And it's important to kind of think more in terms of shorter stints. Um, but, but again, it would, it, and I don't know if I was consciously, you know, going through this this process of self-reflection, I think a lot of it was just in the moment of, okay, what do I want to do next? What type of company do I want to work for? But it, but it really helped me to define, you know, more more narrowly uh, what what I liked, what I didn't like, and where I wanted to be in the next phase of my career. And, and I, you know, was on the founding team um, of a startup where, yeah, it was completely different from where I had been, where we're sitting in the back room of a restaurant, like, what do we want to do? What type of company? What should the name be? Um, we went through many pivots and fundraising, and um, it, was a, it was a great experience. It was, it was really great. But I think, you know, as I said earlier, we, we can become so busy in our day-to-day -day lives, and it's just about maybe the paycheck or making sure we have a job. And, and of course, that's very, very important. But the more we can start to, to have those you know, conversations with ourselves about what do we like that we do every day? What don't we like? What are the things we want to learn? It helps us to, to carve out that future path for ourselves, um, be more aware of what are the opportunities we're looking for. Because I also think... Um, kind of getting back to, you had asked one of the, the lessons learned from my guests on the podcast, and it's about the network. When you have a network, you should always know kind of what are the things you're putting out there to the space. If it's, I want to get on a board, you, you hey, if you hear of any board opportunities, let me know. Oh yeah, I'm looking to get on a board. If you hear anything, you know, shoot it my way. But also if you're looking to, you know, get into more of a, you know, SEO marketing function, put it out there to the, cause you never know, you know, when that will, will come back for a circle. Yeah. That's something that I've heard a lot too. Like we network and we make our contacts, but then we don't ask anything of the network. So putting out there, either asking directly and saying, look, this is my goal. Do you, are you able to help me in any way? Do you know someone who could help me? Um, making those types of requests, but also just putting out there, letting everyone know what it is you're looking for you're much more likely to make progress on it. But it's it's funny how some of us can build that network, but then never go back and ask the network for help. Yeah, and it's it's different. So, you know, if you're in a situation where you don't have a job, which is a very scary and uncertain um, situation to be in, your your ask is is more urgent, so you're oftentimes like, oh, it's like, does anyone you know know of any openings, or you're trying to get connections to jobs, um, and that is one reason why you want to have a strong network around you that you can leverage. But as you're growing your network, to have a less urgent request, something that's not, oh, I need this today. It's more, hey, I'm just like floating this out there. 
I'm always saying, if you know of any developers, let me know because uh, we're always looking to hire developers and uh, why not, you know, put that out there. And I've gotten some of our, you know, best leads from just, you know, casually saying that in a networking conversation. So I do think it's important that you're thinking about what are the one or two or three things that you can just casually, you know, mention uh, in that conversation with no expectation of immediate reward, but also, you know, if you, if you don't ask, you're not going to get it, right? So mm-hmm. it's always helpful to let people know what you're looking for. And I think guys do a great job of that too. I mean, I've, I've you know, oftentimes networked with men who are much more comfortable, you know, and it's not the, we just met 30 seconds ago and I'm going to ask for your help with something, but like just casually, hey, if you hear of something, let me know. Um, yeah. and, and oftentimes with, with the women I'm networking with, it's we feel like we don't want to take advantage um, but that's that's one of the big powerful aspects of networking that we should we should leverage. Yeah, I've had some women on the show talking about reframing the idea of networking in terms of it's not about you know asking something of someone that's kind of taking advantage of the personal relationship in a way that makes us uncomfortable, but instead it's like a mutually beneficial relationship where you're both trying to help each other out and, you know, they'll help you this time and you'll help them next time. And I, you know, I just think we have to kind of reframe our mindset around it for those of us who I've gotten over it. I've realized how important networking is, but, um, I know a lot of people still are like, Oh, networking. Oh, so it makes me so uncomfortable. You know, (laughs) I think it's viewing it in a different way, you know, in a positive way of helping each other out. Absolutely. Yeah. One thing I wanted to talk a little bit about, um, I think it's amazing that you traveled with your seven month old. That sounds just fantastic. Um, and also the point you made earlier about fear, not being afraid of failure. I feel like a lot of what holds at least me back at this stage in my life is just finances, right? So I'm often very gung ho about trying to convince younger women to take those risks, go for the big, you know, fail, reach, you know, not being afraid of failure, taking those big chances when you're younger, before you have kids and a house and all that stuff that I swore I was never going to do to get myself having a high cost of living. But once you have this high overhead, it can be really difficult to even take that time out that you need or take that risk you know, without having a financial cushion that if you fail, you're still, you know, you're not having to sell your house or your apartment or moving, move your family away from their school district. Or So what do you think about these kind of financial constraints? To me, that's, that's what I'm finding to be the biggest constraint and trying to, I'm trying to implement a lot of the advice that I'm hearing from the women that I'm interviewing. But to me, that's, that's the hardest part. I think it's awareness and goal setting. Uh, so know how much money you make if you if you have a partner how much money your partner makes um you know be realistic about how much you're spending on the necessities if it's car payment or insurance or mortgage rent whatever that is um you know i live in new york it's like, like between groceries and childcare and everything and it's very expensive so so be realistic about what you're spending and and area opportunities to cut that down so one thing that my husband and i do is we speak very frankly with our children about money, about the value of money, about saving money. Um, 
and uh, and then also collectively as a, as a family come up with our goals for the year. So at the beginning of, of this year, we sat down and said, okay, what are the things that we want to do? We want to go to some Yankee games. We want to go to some plays. My son wants to learn how to snowboard. You know, we want to go on some vacations. And we listed out all of these things. And, you know, not all of them have to involve money, but many of the things that my, my kids wanted to do and that we wanted to do do involve money. And then it, it's just, okay, so recognize we're not going to do big presents for, you know, birthdays because we're going to, you know, focus on going to the experiences or going to the Yankee games. I mean, I think it's always really about budgeting and balance and awareness and making sure that you are being realistic about what uh, what you can afford and, and how you want to spend that money. And on top of that, I mean, certainly having the the cushion, you know, I, there's no way I would have been able to to take, you know, I, I think I took four months off, five months off um, to travel with my newborn son uh, if I didn't have uh, the financial cushion to do so. And at that time, yeah, I mean, we didn't have kids yet. My husband, and I really focused on saving and and giving ourselves um, the that cushion, you know, the financial um opportunity to pursue the things that we wanted to pursue. Um, my husband was working while we were traveling, so he worked remotely during that time. So we, we had one income coming in, but certainly we wouldn't have been able to do it if we hadn't planned. It sounds that you really, it sounds like you really are very organized and planning and strategic and you do a lot of the things that I'm always like, oh, I should do that <laughs> in terms of taking the time to plan, taking the time to step away and, and really um, live much more with intention, right? Is that something that you think you learned uh, in the startup world or is, is that the way you've always been or, you know, I mean, it's kind of an unusual skill. I think it's, it's, it's partially the way that I've always been. I, I was like a waitress for years, all through high school and college. And I say like, it was the best training ground for kind of, all right, here's 10 things I need to do. What is the order I do on that's most efficient? And, you know, I was making money. I was managing my money to, because I needed the money I made during the summers to pay for my expenses during the school year. And so I'm a twin and growing up, I can't believe I'm even telling the story, but growing up, um, my family called my sister, Mother Teresa. Uh, she is now a special ed elementary ed teacher. She is the kindest, most wonderful person you will ever meet. And they called me Leona Helmsley, um, <laughs> which is like so upsetting at the time. I was like, oh, my God, what do you think of me? But I think more so because I was always kind of focused on the business, the money, the you know success. Um, and, yeah, and so the day we got our working papers, I think we were 13 years old. My dad was a local dentist, and my sister and I started working in his office and redoing do, his filing system and you know, engaging with patients and insurance companies. And so from a very early age, we, we learned the value of, of working hard, of making money, of saving that money. Um, and, and then using that kind of for the things that you need and that you want. So it, it's just how I, I was always raised and something that I will certainly, you know, do with my children as well. It's a very valuable lesson. Um, although at the time, I'm sure I didn't appreciate it as much. Um, but, but it is partially, you know, partially my, my mindset and kind of how I think of things. Uh, I, I just think it's also part of, you know, I want a lot of things. Um, you know, I want trips and I want experiences with my family and, 
Uh, and I know for me to realistically be able to do that, I need to plan for it. And so it's just, you know, saying out loud, here are goals, and then really thinking about how are we going to accomplish those goals um, and sticking to it and knowing, you know, what we can do and what we can't do. Well, Christy, I also was a waitress in the summers of high school and college, and I was a terrible waitress. I was so terrible that I actually ended up asking to be demoted to be the host and make less money. <laughs> because I am like an absent-minded person. I'm like a head in the clouds, absent-minded person. So I was like, oh, wait, those people had drink order. Oh, wait, where, you know, I just did not. So maybe that, that might explain it all. Why, while you're so good at this organization and planning and I'm so not. <laughs> I, I loved it. Like it's, it's also very, I mean, you can make it very competitive too. I mean, I was always like gunning for the 20% tip and I'm like, all right, how can I make this happen? Be super efficient and friendly. And, um, yeah, I, I, my sister and I worked together, so we were very competitive. Um, but also oh, supportive. it was, I, I loved it actually. I, I, Grew up at the beach and it was just, yeah, if I, if I could be like 17 all over again, I would totally do it. Oh my God. I was a terrible waitress. Terrible. <laughs> I'm surprised they had me come back every year. So um, I, I guess we're getting short on time, but one thing, uh, one last point, we talked a little bit about this before. You're an incredibly busy person, right? With three kids, president of Elevate Network, which is a huge network, Um I saw that you're also involved with the Girl Scouts, you know, you've got a lot on your plate. Are there any solutions that you figured out, any ways that you keep yourself sane that you would like to share with us to help us all with our juggles that uh, we do? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. No. Um, so I have learned a few things that I've learned outsource where you can. And I, yeah, I have, you know, fresh direct delivery, um, you know, so it's really easy. I, I can buy my groceries at, you know, 1 a.m. or when I'm in the car driving somewhere and place my order. And so I have my groceries delivered. I have help in, in areas of my life where, you know, I really had to think about, okay, how much time am I spending on this? And then how much, you know, can I outsource this? Um, and what does that mean? But and have fun with it too. Like we'll use things like Blue Apron, which is like meal delivery. It's fun for my husband and I because we kind of cook together and it's something different, but we don't have to spend too much time thinking about it. Um, so where are areas where you can cut out the time that you're spending? Because then that time is spent with your family or spent on yourself. Have a strong support network. I, I can't tell you how invaluable it's been. Um, you know, my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law live upstairs from my husband and I, and, and they've been hugely helpful. Uh, we've got a great community of fellow parents, of friends, of family that are close enough to us that we can lean on them for things um, and make sure you do make those asks. I mean, because everyone loves to help each other. That's what a community is about. I think we we lost sight, you know, the street I grew up on when I was little my parents didn't know any of the neighbors. They didn't talk to anyone else on the street. Uh, and here I'm in Brooklyn and our best friends live right across the street and right down the street. And we can call them if someone's sick or if we need help. And that's been so helpful for us. And just let go of the things you can't control. Uh, so I 
for a long time would be getting up at, you know, six o'clock on Saturdays so I could do grocery shopping and laundry and, you know, plan all this stuff and, and do these things so that then we could, you know, I could be the best mom ever. And it just made me an unhappy mom. And so I've learned, okay, so what if the house is a mess? Who's it's fine. I can't control it. You know, what are the things that I really care about and, and focus on that? So, um, yeah, I mean, leverage your community. It doesn't have to be family. It can be friends. It could be um, fellow parents, teachers, uh, outsource what you can. Uh, you're also supporting your local community when you do that. And um, let go of the things you can't control or that, you know, are le- less important than your family and yourself. Focusing on ourselves seems to be something that often goes by the wayside. And like you said, if you're not a happy mom, then you're not going to be the best mom you can be. So that's something that I've learned a lot through this podcast and I am trying to do is just, you know, focusing on that self-care and recognizing what my own needs are and realizing that that makes me a better mom, a better wife, a better employee. It improves everything all around, though, if you keep constantly putting yourself last on that list, it affects everything negatively. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I I completely agree with that. And, you know, it's also, I spent, um, spent a good bit of time, I think frustrated with my husband because I I was like, Oh, he's, you know, he has time to go work out and he has time to go do, you know, his, his hobbies. Uh, until he was like, and you do it too. Just tell me what you need and I'll support you. And, and I realized I hadn't, I'd been making excuses and I hadn't been asking and I hadn't been prioritizing. Um, and so once I really started to carve out that time and say, okay, you have to be home from work, you know, these three nights, cause I'm going to do my thing. It, it really changed things. And not all of us, but for me, I was always putting myself last and, and that had, its implications on just my mental health and my physical health. And when you start to really think about yourself and put yourself, you know, first, and that's not, it sounds dirty, even me saying it, I'm like, that sounds so bad to say, but it's not um, because the healthier you are, the happier you are, the better parent and spouse and boss and worker and everything else you are. Um, And it doesn't have to be all consuming. It doesn't have to be a, a, you know, a hundred hours a week. I'm just focused on me. It's, you know, two hours a week, three hours a week. Um, just take some time for yourself. If that's reading a book or, you know, pottery, painting, writing, running, you know, pick what is fulfilling to you and, and do it. I totally agree. On that wonderful note, um, I want to say thank you so much for joining me today. This has been really interesting. I've really enjoyed talking to you. And I'm very excited to see what's next for Elevate Network. Yeah. You guys have accomplished a lot in, in a short time since you've taken over. So um, I'm excited to see what's to come. Yes, we uh, we have lots of plans for 2017 and beyond. Um, some great ways for women to work together, to accomplish goals, to support each other, and uh, continue to drive impact through networking and education. So certainly much, much more to come. And the website, again, I'm, I mean, I'm a member and I go to all the time, but I'm forgetting, is it elevate.com or is it elevatenetwork.com? It's elevatenetwork.com, uh, two L's, so E-L-L-E-V-A-T-E, network.com. Uh, check us out. You can sign up for The Morning Boost, which is our ultra-customized, algorithm-driven newsletter that's serving you up content every day, relevant to where you are in your career and your needs. 
And important to note that Elevate is a very diverse community, women from at all stages of their career, all industries, functions, and geographies that are coming together with a unified purpose, which is to close the gender achievement gap in business. And the Elevate Network events are just fantastic. I've enjoyed everyone I've been to. I really love it. I really love the group. Thank you. I'm so happy to hear that. I know we get really great responses from the events, I think, just because the, the networking and the content is, is always so impactful. But over 500 events a year through our regional chapters. And then we also have about 100 webinars a year to getting women together to talk um, around you know, a variety of topics, everything from social media to marketing to personal brand to negotiations and, and onward. Awesome. I'm so I'm so on board with your mission. I wish you continued success and I'm going to be involved as much as I can. And um, everyone check out the Elevate podcast as well. Yes, thanks and, so much, Sally. And, and Sally will be on the Elevate podcast uh, soon as well. So you'll have to subscribe uh, to us on iTunes and that way you'll be sure to, to get my interview of Sally. Can't wait. All right. Thank you, Christy. Thank you. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe to our podcast, rate and review us on iTunes, and most importantly, tell a friend about us. Thanks for joining us.